0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Glossy Beauty Podcast. I'm your host for today, Emma Sandler, senior beauty and wellness reporter. Today, we are welcoming Leno Cares co-founder and general manager of North America at Cares Skincare. Care. is a Greek, beauty brand founded nearly 26 years ago and uses key ingredients like Greek yogurt, wild rose, and Santorini grape. Lena, it's so good to have you on the show. Welcome.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Emma. Thank you so much. I'm really, really happy to be on the show and to be with you.
0: Yes, indeed. (laughs) I, I think my first question for you really is about Greek beauty. What does it mean to be a Greek beauty brand? What is the Greek approach and viewpoint on beauty?
1: Uh, The Greek approach is very old, as you know, probably. It's ancient, really. So we are a lot about this, you know, notion of classical beauty. And classical beauty is always, you know, chic chic in a simple way. And uh, what it means to us from a skincare view is this effortless, glowing skin that comes from, you know, from within the skin. So healthy skin,
0: glowing skin, not too much makeup.
1: This kind of, you know, of look and feel.
0: And Koraz has a history as a pharmacy brand in Greece. Isn't that correct?
1: That's right.
0: And so what does that sort of mean? Because I think pharmacy in the U.S. is very like drugstore, mass brands, um, you know, it's not quite the same as something like a French pharmacy, or in this case, a Greek pharmacy.
1: Exactly. Well, the European pharmacy is one model across uh, the continent. Greek pharmacy, French pharmacy, or German, or, or in the UK, those places are more of, you know, where you would go to get a really curated assortment, to get personal advice, and to get very reliable products that really work because you are in a pharmacy Uh, and at the same time that are good for your skin. So this is what pharmacy means to us. We actually don't come only from a pharmacy, but we come from the first herbal homeopathic pharmacy of Greece. So what sets our brand, I think, apart from other brands in beauty is that before we ever made any beauty products, we were doing herbal remedies. So we work with herbal ingredients for many, many years, and we know those ingredients inside out, how they work in your body and then how they translate on your skin.
0: So I remember as well, when we initially connected in January of 2021, um, like I said, Corez has been around for 26 or so years. You have quite a differentiated assortment in terms of, you know, there's postmenopausal products, there's also probiotic products. Um, But when we had connected, you were really looking at Gen Z as the number one priority for the brand. Is that still the case today? Tell me a little bit more about that. Uh,
1: I would say definitely it is still the case and I'm talking mostly for for the development markets and the, and the export markets for us. I'm not talking about Greece because in Greece our brand is a home brand in the biggest sense of the world. I mean, there is no family that raises children without our products. It's like the grandpa, from the grandpa syrup to baby products to like everybody in the family. So if we put that aside where it's like such a big brand outside of that, I would say, yes, Gen Z is a priority. Because of a couple of reasons, I think some of our most iconic products, like Greek yogurt, are phenomenal for the Gen Z and the millennial consumer. And honestly, I feel um, I feel a stronger responsibility when it comes to those younger consumers. to to show them how to have healthy skin for a lifetime. And this again goes back to Greek beauty, glowing skin because it's healthy skin. So I really want to go to be able to educate that consumer. And I think we have phenomenal products to offer to them. Uh, Apart from that, I think, you know, our brand, our huge sustainability footprint, the the fact that we have been, a pioneer clean brand for 26 years now, those are values that are very important for that consumer. And I also think we have, you know, some common um, common things there. Uh, so Gen Z and the younger millennial or the millennials in general, I think, is really where our brand outside our home country has a very strong voice and would love to connect with that consumer.
0: Tell me a bit more about the sense of responsibility that you feel you have to these younger customers. I, I think that's such an interesting use of the word and I never really hear brands talking about them that is younger consumers with this sense of responsibility compared to you know any other consumer.
1: It's very simple for example, let's say you are a mom and you have a teenage daughter. what kind of skincare would you give to her and even more, challenging, what kind of makeup would you give to her? Don't you want to make sure it's about healthy ingredients? If she's going to wear, and all of us, we're going to wear, you know, skincare and makeup for 50, 60, 70 years of our life. It's hugely important what we put on our skin and, and the ingredients that we choose to use. So starting, you know, with skincare and makeup, the better ingredients and the better routines and the healthier Uh, products that we can give you know to to those consumers we set them up for you know better health for a lifetime and that I think is where this possibility lies and also it's easy to it's easier to educate them to some really you know cool and nice things for them while if you are you know used to a specific routine or, or way of treating your skin it's sometimes harder to change
0: I know. I think about this all the time. I, where were you when I was a teenager? I could
1: have used you. <laughs> oh, I mean, imagine now in the place that you are, can you not count like so many mistakes that we have been doing? And, oh my god! And, and shouldn't somebody be telling us? Out as
0: much as possible, because I thought that was the only solution to having problematic skin. And, and now it's all about like Moisture and and uh, dewiness, we dewiness used to be just shine. You used to have a shiny face, and there was a, a you, many a bad thing. problematic yes. skin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. So some people should be telling you know the young consumers, you know whatever you want the result to be, but to have a healthy skin is
0: very very important. So good mm-hmm. products
1: for you, and what can they yeah. do for you?
0: Oh, so what does this mean in terms of balancing that? conversation between your older customers as i mentioned you have a postmenopausal line of products but also younger consumers i mean does how do you talk about healthy skin for older people
1: well something very interesting happened to us uh, lately uh, uh, to begin with to, to to go to the root of you know why do we have a broader assortment like this goes back to the fact that you know we are a very big brand in our home country and we are uh, you find the, the product in a pharmacy, and in the pharmacy, you also have, you know, this older consumer that will go to get maybe some prescriptions. You also have that consumer. So there is no way you can ignore that consumer. So for us, I mean, to cover for her, but also cover for the young mom that goes into the pharmacy, or for the mother that takes a teenage daughter to the pharmacy to buy the best products. We we feel, you know, the need to cover for all of them. Now, if you move away from that environment, like here in the U.S., there are, you know, places where you do find that demographic, like TV, and we happen to have a very big TV business. But the, lately, what I'm seeing is that there are platforms where everybody can come together. And that, to me, is completely fascinating. One of the big things that we are doing as a brand this year, and I mean, the next month we will totally be live, is our own live stream shopping. I think that is big for us. It's huge for us because we know how to do live stream shopping because of our TV you know, experience, but we also have, you know, the people that are able to speak about the product. We have the talent in-house. I'm there. We can live stream from the labs. We can do all those very exciting things. In that platform, I found out that not only you have, you know, maybe somebody that's used to, to shopping on TV, but you also have a lot of Gen Z because that's a very straightforward, you know, way for them to shop. And whatever is simple and straightforward and fast and easy, works with them. So I'm really excited to see how this is going to work and I'm really excited to have places where people come together. Classic demographics I don't think they apply anymore honestly. It's about you know your state of mind, how you how you see the world, how you know what what means good to you, not about necessarily how old you are.
0: Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> when you talk about live stream shopping, where is that going to be taking place?
1: On our own website, uh, maybe our own social media, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not normally and mostly takes place on on the website, but you can extend to different platforms.
0: Uh, Yeah. And when you talk about like your history on TV, is that in the United States or Greece or in
1: in the the United States, uh, mainly because Europe does not have the same TV platforms that exist here.
0: Mm, okay, is that like the HSN or QVC that you have experience with in that case?
1: Yep. Yeah. That's uh, that's mostly the North American market. In Europe, yeah. it's only, I would say, the UK market because it's you know much closer to the US, but the rest of the countries are not in really having that business. Yeah.
0: So why the interest in having live stream shopping on your own website in that case? Um, given that you already were doing <sighs> live stream shopping through partners?
1: It's very simple. I have a basic br- business principle, and for me, the basic business principle principle is that every brand deserves to win in certain areas, and that has to do with the DNA of the brand. For us, The DNA of the brand is about all the process behind making products, the real places, the real ingredients, the farmers, the chemists, the scientists, the people in the recycle lab, our plant hunters. We have all that wealth of knowledge and partnerships and and people in-house in our teams that deliver This product, I really believe we deliver an amazing product to the consumer. And I want to bring them in. I want to show them all these things. So being able to do live stream shopping, I can do this from whenever. I can bring the people in to see a harvest on the island of Crete where we harvest the olive oil once a year, the olives once a year. Or they can come in the lab and see formulation. They can see the production of the Greek yogurt foaming cleanser when you really unpack endless you know thousands of little yogurt you know <laughs> uh, cups into the production tank all of these things exist with us i opposite and different to many other brands that do not produce on their own or they do not formulate in-house they don't have all that it's just you know a label on on a formula that somebody else makes so i want i want to have the the opportunity to bring the people in all those experiences.
0: Yeah. So basically, the way I'm understanding it in that case is you want to be able to own the brand's storytelling on your own terms and really enrich it even more than you have done already.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Oh,
0: that's so interesting. (laughs) And you had said another point, which I want to unpack about how you think traditional demographics and, and buckets of consumers don't really apply anymore. Tell me a little bit more about your thinking. What exactly do you mean?
1: I mean that people now are, you know, there is more common experiences and common understandings than Than differences. And definitely, I don't think age is a barrier to certain things like it used to be. You can work, you can go to the gym, you can be a very active person at every age. Uh, You can be like, for example, when my children were growing up, I was like, oh my God, when they are teenagers, what am I, what that's going to look like? And it was nothing. It was very, very easy because really, there is no gap generation anymore. They didn't have so many things to, you know, to fight about and like be, make their own revolution. What for? We are the same people. We speak the same language. There is no, like me with my parents, I had to fight for many things because they were from a different generation and we didn't have a lot in common. It's not like that nowadays. People and generations are coming much, much closer. We are all on the internet. We see the same things. It's not like somebody sitting at home and somebody else is working and somebody else is traveling. We're all exposed to that information. Our minds are much more and our conscious is more collective than it used to be. M- yeah. Much much less barriers.
0: Yeah, it was certainly interesting in 2020 when everyone was experiencing these massive movements or experiences together. You know, everyone's suddenly buying up all the yeast to make sourdough, and then everyone's buying puzzles, and there's just this ongoing choice exactly. everyone had the same idea. I, <laughs> I sort of see the similarity, though, and I, I imagine this kind of goes back to my question as well about how you speak to young consumers as well as, as older ones. And in some ways, um, it's as if you, you don't really speak differently because there's... The same principles through and through. It's true.
1: That's a really uh, that's what I think our world is right now, and it's it's really beautiful. Of course, you don't you cannot propose the same products, but the principles of how you take care of your skin, for example, are
0: the same. Mm-hmm. Um, another question I have for you because you you sort of mentioned this or touched upon it when talking about. Brand storytelling through live streaming, and you have a really interesting focus on a, a fully circular system when it comes to sustainability. And I'd I'd love if you could kind of share that in more depth.
1: Yes, and actually, uh, you know, I saw the questions you guys sent, and you asked me, me being a chemical engineer. What, what is my view on things with that, you know, Chris background, my my view of things is exactly that full circle. So what, you know, we have been doing as a brand and I was really, you know, blessed to have an amazing team around me and have the opportunity to build a lot is it's not only about the formula and what we put in the product and what we don't put in the product. Myself, I felt I was engineering this full circle and the full circle is everything that goes into the product from the beginning to the end because it's not only about formulation it's about sourcing of ingredients it's about how do you find the best quality of ingredients and then when you go into like making an extraction in-house are you gonna do natural or chemical solvents are you gonna use cold pressing or are you gonna you know go fast and furious and kill all the actives So then how do you produce? What kind of quality of water do you use in the production facility? It's a whole series of things. And this is why I responsibly, I feel, you know, I can really own the responsibility and tell you we have an amazing product that I would love for those young consumers to use because I know every bit of it from the beginning to the end, even how we recycle the empties. So that's my approach on things and it's it's a bit of the engineering mindset that you analyze and then you synthesize to your towards your solution.
0: <laughs> yeah, tell me more how how <laughs> else do you think your chemical engineering influences what Corez produces or the way the business is run? It's uh, uh, it's
1: what I was saying. It's from A to Z, really. It's engineering mm-hmm. the process and understanding all the parts or the moving parts that will play a role in your final product quality and your final product efficacy and safety. So to safeguard all of this, you need to be able to control all those different steps. And that takes, you know, an engineering approach. Break it down, work on each step, and then put it all back together again to a beautiful model that we call the full circle and goes from the soil lab, where we get ingredients to the extraction lab, how you extract those active molecules from the plants to the molecular lab. So research, heavy research and primary research formulation lab. We actually formulate our products, uh, the design lab for sustainable packaging, sustainable solutions, and finally recycle lab. So all of that is our full circle. And this is why... I feel the need and the, and, the, and the beauty that exists in sharing, not only sharing the, the story. I don't. My, my vision is not to sit here and tell a story. My vision is to bring people in. That's why live stream shopping and being able to show things and being able to introduce people and see how the teams work and what they're doing and ask questions if you want to all those people. That's where I see, you know, our brand uh, going really and making a difference.
0: We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. Yeah, so I imagine the combination of Cores' clean products as well as its focus on sustainability was part of the reason when it expanded to Ulta Beauty, it was part of the the Conscious Beauty program, Um, and that was in December 2020. What kind of impact has that Ulta Beauty partnership had on the brand in the U.S.?
1: Well, um, I think, you know, Ulta is such a dynamic environment and they have done such a phenomenal job uh, you know, embracing the, even the younger consumer, which was not the case some years ago, or talking about clean beauty. And at the end of the day, um, they have a lot of a lot of ears. So when you are part of this initiative with such a big player, you get a lot of exposure. And I think that is key for us and it's big for us they they did one email line lately i mean that was a, a week ago and we were featured as one of the three clean brands in this you know communication from ulta so that's very very important because you, you have you have more audience you have more opportunities to talk about what you're doing than if you do it on your own um, the clean beauty but also as a brand alone for us, the sustainability, clean, I don't even know if I want to use those words anymore because it's, you know, it doesn't mean anything or nobody really knows what it means and it is the victim of greenwashing. So I really want to talk about facts. So one of the two major moments for our brand this year, and I believe also next year and the year after, will be the sustainability, but going out there and communicating only and only facts that have to do with The the farming families and the communities, the sustainable farming practices, the formulation, what it means to have a clean, cruelty-free, whatever formula, and then recycling. Always with facts, always with numbers, because I don't want to go out there. I mean, come Earth Day in a month or so. Everybody, no matter what brand you are, will be talking about these things, no no matter if they deserve to talk about these things or not. So then it becomes a clutter, becomes very confusing. So I want to make sure we talk in a factual way, in a way that we can own.
0: Yeah. When it comes to greenwashing, what is it that you have been seeing that you think are like the, the primary issues with the way that brands and people discuss sustainability?
1: I think just that you know, in reality, there is no global definition of what it is, and nobody really understands what it is, even if you ask like ten people in the industry or a hundred people in the industry, they will give you a different definition, let alone if you ask people outside the industry, consumers, they don't know what to expect, they don't know what is sustainable or what is not sustainable, so I think this is where the problem starts and clean at the same time I mean clean in, but- in Ulta or clean in Sephora is a different thing clean for different brands is a different thing so it's it's hard to define and it's hard to explain and I think we have to be really specific when we talk
0: Yeah that's very true where it's like clean or all natural they they don't have any definitions to support them so it ends up just being like, I know it when I see it type of logic, which isn't necessarily good for consumers, I don't think.
1: It is a bit confusing, for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so tell me as well, with with Ulta, what are you sort of looking to do with them this year, if anything?
1: We're looking definitely to grow brand awareness within the, the Ulta consumer, and that's a big effort for us. And we're looking to nail down our, our big messages. And our big messages are number one, sustainability. And that, that's what we're doing as a brand in general. So it's the same thing we're doing also with our retail partners. Our, one of our biggest moments for two months now, everything we're doing is social. Everything we are doing on our digital uh, platforms, it's all about sustainability in the way that I mentioned earlier. So we are giving facts to the people to understand how is sustainable farming possible, what do we do, and how do we partner, and uh, you know, where are those families and what do they do for us, and uh, then about formulation and then about recycling. So we are explaining all of that. And then the biggest moment for a brand, even bigger than sustainability, is actually the summer. We are a Greek brand. Our promise is that Greek glow is the Greek beauty definition that you asked me in the very beginning. That is our big promise. And like I said earlier, it comes from healthy skin. That is the Greek glow. That is the glow that is not the same as if you were, you know pearly makeup or something like that. It looks different and it, and, and, you, and you can see it. So that is our big promise. And we want to really activate this and really bring people in, you know, again, run a bigger campaign about educating about the Mediterranean ingredients and the Mediterranean diet and why this is the best for you and how you, you use those same ingredients in beauty and how they work in your skin and how, you know, how, how can you have this glowing skin, you know, healthy skin for a lifetime? And how can you have this amazing vacation, you know, being in Greece in vacation look all year round? So all those, you know, cool things. So those are the big moments for us. And this is what we are doing. And this is what we're doing as a brand and with our partners together.
0: So what do I need to be using to get that fresh, sun-kissed Mediterranean look? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that that will that will come a little later but it will be a very simple routine there is a very simple routine of let's say three items that will totally give you that look and you can bet on them to, to keep having that look when vacation and holidays done you know <laughs> you're back in the gloomy city <laughs> but it's 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 going to be really nice i'm very excited for for this campaign to come
0: yeah, can you give us any hint as to what format it will show up? Does it include live stream shopping?
1: It will be, of course. It, of course, it will include. You know what we're doing in a live stream shopping. We will make sure to. You know, we already launched a small Greek low kit with Ulta, so we're getting there. You know, we're bringing our partners in, so we will do a lot of influencers. We will have, you know, a lot of organic social media and digital platforms. Everything to play together. I really want to create also a Greek American or Greek whatever influencer community because it is amazing. But if you see like whenever we have partnerships and people are talking about us, whenever it's someone with Greek roots, it goes through the roof. People love to hear that. People engage much more because because it feels authentic to them and it feels authentic to us. So I want to, you know, partner with those, you know, amazing girls out there that know this Greek beauty and the glowing skin and the, and that Greek glow, they know it also from, you know, where they come from, how they grew up. So I want to be able to, you know, to have those amazing partnerships to tell the story and, you know, lots of exciting stuff to come.
0: Yeah, it's like a, a little bit of home, I imagine, for exactly. individuals because of the heritage of the brand and the its placement and prevalence within pharmacies.
1: Exactly. Yes. I mean, like I was saying earlier, those girls probably grew up, you know, with their mother telling them, this is what you have to use and giving them our products since they were very young. So that's what they tell me, all of them. So there is like an amazing emotional connection there.
0: Yeah, you'll have to speak to them and their mothers in that case for a community <laughs> or a campaign. But
1: see how easy it is to bring people together, you
0: know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Beauty's the, the great provider of, of synergy and bringing people together. <laughs> so i I would love to also chat about kind of your look at in international markets, because we've talked quite a bit about the U.S. presence. Of course, Carez is a Greek brand. Um, I want to know more about like where you are looking for other places to grow and, and sort of how you're approaching each one as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, the number one priority for the brand is the North American market, and uh, Because we have had, you know, a presence in this market for for quite some years. And I really think that um, you have beautiful ways of telling the story here. It's no secret that the U.S. is a much more dynamic and contemporary market with with, you know, a little bit of more forward thinking than Europe is. And I think, you know, that young consumer is also very active here. So that is a priority market for us. It's the number one priority market for the brand. This is why I'm also here. You know, <laughs> I, I left my beloved Greece to join this team and it's, 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 it's amazing. And we're all very excited with the opportunity that we have in our hands in this market. Apart from that, Europe and the big markets are are already, you know, big for us. And they, of course, continue to be be a priority, like France and Germany. And this is where Germany is a subsidiary company for us. It's our own, uh, you know, people running it. And France is a very good, you know... Uh, partner that we've had for many, many years, what we're looking to do in Europe is what you you don't think if you are in the the US, the US is one big market and Europe is fragmented. So what we're doing, what we're looking to do in Europe is run it more as a cluster than separate markets. Again, because we're going for big moments, big campaigns, just go in and tell only very focused messages, the sustainability message, the Greek law with the Greek law routine, and that's it. So more of a of a bigger campaign than you know going country by, by country and looking at you know more broken down marketing approach. So that's what we're changing this year. And then of course you have Asia which nobody can you know not look into. It has been the absolute growth opportunity for many brands out there. We're building, I think, a very good footprint in Asia. And of course, we have to do it our own way. We cannot test on animals and all, all that stuff. So you have to spend a little more time going through a different, you know, registration process for the, for the markets.
0: So kind of going back to your point earlier about how you think that demographically and between the different age groups of consumers that you don't really see them as being separate, when we're thinking about it geographically, I mean, do you see the European customer and the Asian customer as sort of psychographically being different from one another or different from a North American consumer?
1: There are some differences, I think, yes, which Again, you know, we are all coming closer. For example, New York with, you know, another place in the US may have more differences than New York and Paris, like some metropolitan areas with some, some, some suburban areas. So it's, it is geographic, maybe not, you know, with the absolute definition of, of of geographic, but at the same time, Europe will always be more traditional, and Europe will always be more conservative. While the U.S. is very very fast, there are many changes. Some sometimes I like that, sometimes I'm like I'm a little concerned because things can turn into a into a huge trend overnight without thinking twice. That doesn't happen in the same way in Europe. So there is you know, advantages and disadvantages to every, you know, situation out there. But I do see, you know, <laughs> really the U.S. And, the, and Europe having those kind of differences.
0: Yeah. What does that mean for a heritage brand in that case, when you're surrounded by nothing but 24-hour, 48-hour trends? I mean, is it just, you just have to ignore it? Or, or how do you kind of understand that a trend is here to stay, for example?
1: It depends. Some things you understand, some things when they have some, you know, scientific basis or they just become really a a very meaningful part of our everyday routines, then these are not, you know, trends or, you know, like, you know, crazy things, but they can really stay. The way I see it, I look mostly, for example, back in the day, naturals were a trend. Naturals were for a few people that were a bit weird or, you know, but I mean, you you know when you see how much natural products can do for you, if you put science together there and you can have the most phenomenal product and still be natural, you know this is here to stay. Uh, at the same thing, for example, with microbiome, microbiome is here to stay because it's a scientific, it's a huge scientific platform and we will see. Lots of things coming out of this, not only in beauty, but also in, in medicine, in the medical sciences. So those things are definitely here to stay. When they are equally good with everything else that exists out there and even better and healthier or more sustainable, they're here to stay. If we're talking about, I don't know, slagging or things that are becoming, you know, crazy on TikTok overnight, some of them are good, some of them are bad. Some of them have a basis and some of them don't.
0: Yeah, so it's sort of like you have to take a wait and see approach, see if this is something that more and more people are adopting, like the natural clean trend, or in the case of something else, um, you know, seeing if there's a body of evidence that supports it, like the exactly. microbiome
1: approach. Exactly. And I feel at least, I feel as a brand, we have the, um, the scientific, you know, uh, power. We have the team inside to be able to judge those things. So we can mm-hmm. tell on our own, and many many times we are ahead of things ahead of trends. One story that I, I will just never really um, it was a shocking for me the other day like a month ago when I read on CNN the craziness about phthalates and how you know dangerous they can be for us for our health they exist they are part of plastics, they are in fragrance, they are in the containers we put our food inside they're everywhere. And, and how many health risks we have associated with phthalates, it's really shocking. For us as a brand, it was 15 years ago that we decided to go phthalate-free because we follow the scientific you know, opinions before legislation because we have the, the R&D and the regulatory teams in-house and we, we know that, that stuff. So I feel that we really do a good job about you know going where we should be going and what is good and offering what is good for the consumer. And, you know, of course, some trends are cool and fun and you want to be part of them, but you, you're not going to go up, you know, crazy about everything that's happening out there when it doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, I suppose that's an example where your chemical engineering background also came in help uh, when it came to thinking about something like phthalates or or any other potentially harmful ingredient. I know there's a bit of controversy about whether they are or not, or you know, parabens are all all these different things. That will never end. It will will always be something. It'll we'll be on to something (laughs) next. I just don't know what yet. (laughs) Exactly. So something else I was kind of hoping to ask you about was um, a bit about the ownership of Corez. because I remember in 2017 Morgan Stanley invested over 56 million into the brand and I remember thinking how unique that seemed that Morgan Stanley, rather than like a private equity firm or a venture capital firm, that they were the ones investing into a Greek beauty brand, um, which was, you know, much smaller in 2017 than, than it is in 2022. So tell me a little bit about how that came together. And is there any potential for additional funding for the brand in, in the next few years, maybe?
1: That's interesting. And, uh, you know, to be very, very accurate, um, Morgan Stanley actually bought out a lot of minority investors because they wanted to be part of the brand. So because, you know, we, the family, we didn't want to sell, (laughs) but there were, but because we were part of the Greek uh, stock market, there were a lot of minority investors. So Morgan Stanley was able to, you know, take all that and be, you know, a major shareholder in the company because they love the brand. They believe, you know, there is something here. And they also, it was also a bit unique on the sense that, you know, it's not another beauty company. It's a financial, you know, partner. So we get and we have the obligation to deliver our, our business plan and we get to run the business and, you know, so nothing changed on that front. Now, all of us together, we will always be open and discuss, you know, good opportunities in the market and that has been happening honestly forever since like decades it's something it's an ongoing discussion you know when you have a brand you know you will be approached by many people out there and we want to make sure we have meaningful discussions you know
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely so My last question for you, and you sort of touched upon this before when you were saying that you wanted to bring people into the Corez brand, Um, but where does Quora's go next? You know, what are your sort of long-term goals? What are you looking at doing? How do you plan on bringing more people into the brand?
1: I I have just one simple answer to that, and that is digital, really. It is a digital world. And like I was telling you, like live, live stream shopping is a part of your digital, you know, platform. I really, really believe digital is the absolute best way for us as a brand to invest and to grow because it gives you the possibility to bring the people in. For example, Ulta, I love, I mean, I love them and Sephora, they're amazing partners, but there is so much I can do. And then if you have like three shelves in a store, there is literally so much you can do for a brand with a rich story. And they reach not only story, but reality like we are and universe like we have. it's You have to do much more to tell your story. I really believe in digital and it breaks down geographical boundaries, um, demographic boundaries, which I love. I don't like boundaries at all, to be honest. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm an engineer. I like my boxes, but I don't like boundaries. I want to have the freedom. So so digital, you can approach all the people that you want to approach i really believe this is our number one uh you know platform to grow and honestly also we are doing we are relaunching our website right now and that's a big big part of the puzzle for us we are so there is two things happening we are going for shopify 20 2.0 which is amazing because you have so much you know happening over there that is giving a lot of tools for the brand and at the same time we're using this opportunity to bring to bring to life a website with a lot of content with amazing opportunities for people to engage plus an amazing loyalty program and that is something that we will be launching this summer in June this is my target so digital with a with a real universe coming to life through your digital in every way possible and letting people engage and come in and like you know give them the experience that i feel and everybody, we as people, for all of us, sense of belonging is important. And you make choices because you want to identify yourselves with some good cause, or you be- want to belong to a group that is doing something that you like. How can you bring people in in a better way than, you know, letting them see all that in your own universe and letting them be part of it?
0: Yeah, it's- Paint a picture for me. I mean, when you're relaunching the website, there's going to be live stream shopping. There's going to be additional content. There's going to be a loyalty program. What is it that you're hoping people sort of see when they come to the website and and really experience?
1: I want them to experience uh, Greece where we come from and it's a magical place and it is also the hometown and the birthplace of the most powerful ingredients on the planet. So I want them to experience those unique places where we source our ingredients from. I want them to meet, to virtually meet the farmers. I want them to see a harvest. I want them to go into the extraction facility with us, which is imagine like you make a tea at home what you do is called an extraction. You bring your solvent, your water together with your plant, the raw material, and you make an extraction and then you you consume the extract. Imagine that in an industrial scale. It's amazing. You can see all of that. Then see formulation, see production, be part of the recycle lab. I want them to be part of all of that. That's what you will be able to do. And honestly, loyalty is a big part of it. And loyalty is not only about, you know, returning the love with product, rewarding with product, but it's also about rewarding with experiences and allowing people to have more and more access to all of that.
0: Yeah. Has Coraz never had a loyalty program before? No. It's...
1: Wow.
0: Oh my goodness. Yes.
1: I don't know why, really don't ask me why. I think it was merely <laughs> very, very stupid, really. Uh, also probably because in, in Greece we did not have the need to really explore the digital world because we are in so many, we have such a huge distribution of the pharmacies. We are everywhere, everywhere, so accessible. So we, there was no need to really motivate us. Now I'm here and I, I just, that's all I'm thinking about, to be honest.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the same
1: back home, but I believe we will launch first globally, <laughs> that we in the U.S. here will be the first to launch, you know, our new website and our new loyalty program and the live stream shopping and everything.
0: Yeah, well, there's clearly a, a lot happening, and I'm so excited that we had a chance to talk about it. <laughs> I certainly look forward to visiting the website and feeling like I'm in Greece. Um, that, that will be a highlight for me.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. You have to you have to give me very strict feedback.
0: Like push. Yes, <laughs> yes, I will. I'm happy to do that always for you, Lena. Absolutely, but, Emma. Lena thank you so much for joining us today this was a great pleasure um I, I again I love your background It's Santorini it's beautiful and I hope to make it there myself at some point soon
1: I would love you to come to Greece to see everything you know first I would
0: love hand. to come to Greece you don't have to ask me twice <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in to the glossy beauty podcast Tune in next week for another episode. And of course, if you haven't already subscribed, please hit that button.